Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to OKF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the bunker. So, folks, it's Monday, and you have all had several days to digest the mid-series finale of the January 6th hearing. And on top of that, we ended the week on Friday with Steve Bannon being convicted on the two counts um, of, you know, just deciding that he's above the law and doesn't need to appear when a congressional subpoena is sent out. And the maximum sentence is a year. Um, The minimum is 30 days. Uh, I would like, of course, Steve Bannon to get the full year. Because you know what I realize about our legal system, which is unjust, which really only seeks to harm black and brown people and poor people, right? Think about the people that are in jail right now, uh, not because they need to still be there, but because they can't afford bail, right? Those are the ways in which uh, we penalize people. Think about the maximum, you know, the, uh, the mandatory maximum sentences uh, that were handed out for drug possession uh, before we legalized marijuana. Even for the faintest amount, you were serving, people were serving 10 years in jail for a fucking joint. So whenever I see minimum, you know, maximum sentences and then people want to say, well, oh, they won't serve it. It's like, we know why they won't serve it because Steve Bannon is well-known. Steve Bannon is wealthy. Steve Bannon is white um, and a conservative. And we know that that is not who the justice system and the legal system was built for. Um, Nonetheless, I think that if you are a judge right now, regardless of what your political affiliation is and who puts you on the bench, um, the reality is that we have a lawlessness problem in this country that is because of Donald Trump and the MAGA faction. We have people who no longer believe in the Constitution, even though they swore an oath to protect it. 
So if you want to send a message to Donald Trump, to his ilk, who say that they don't have to abide by the rules and the laws that everybody else does, that they can do whatever the fuck they want, then you hand out the maximum fucking sentence and you dare somebody to tell you that Steve Bannon doesn't deserve it. I think that a year without hearing from Steve Bannon, without Steve Bannon being on the tweets, without Steve Bannon being on his podcast or on radio or on Fox News would do the country actually fucking well and signal to the rest of the Trump sycophants and fascists that guess what? We'll come for you as well, right? Because you see, this is how you stave off a situation where we turn the country into the wild, wild west. This is where you actually do need to fucking make an example of people and say, you know what? Insurrectionists, those that stormed the Capitol, beat Capitol police officers, killed one of them, um, that no, you don't get a slap on the fucking wrist because if I give you a slap on the wrist, then what I'm signaling to the rest of the country is that it's okay to attempt to overthrow the government, brag about it on social media. And then you get to go home and talk about it at cocktail parties or better yet run for office. No one should be able like Doug Mastriano in fucking Pennsylvania running for governor to be able to run for office. If in fact we knew that you were at the insurrection. And so Ginny Thomas, who we also know was there, but you know, she left before things got out of hand. Bullshit, right? These people, these prominent white supremacist people aided and abetted crime were the architects behind an attempt to overthrow the government. And still up until now, we have seen them face little to no charges except for the foot soldiers who have gotten a couple of months here, a couple of years here, but a majority of those people just allowed to go home and say that they got swept up because you know what it is in America is that white Americans get to get swept up with emotion. It's black and brown people and poor people that need to learn their fucking lesson, right? So let me now switch gears from Steve Bannon. And and we will obviously with our friend, uh, Glenn Kirshner later in, um, next week, we will get a up, uh, to date on his sentencing on the trial, what we learned, what the judge signaled and where we will go from there. But I want to turn our attention now to the last of the summer series, um, prime time showing of the January 6th hearing. I want to say that I believe that the January 6th committee clearly understood the fucking assignment, which was not necessarily to entertain. And I know that people were all, you know, poo poo about them hiring a producer, right. In order to make this work seamlessly, um, very different than what we experienced with the Mueller report. Right. And I wonder uh, if Democrats had gotten a hint from the Mueller report from the first impeachment and took the way, took the route that this committee has taken, if Donald Trump would have actually been impeached the second time. But the reality here is that they laid out a brilliant, brilliant case and picture of who Donald Trump was. Now, going into this hearing, this series um, that we now know is not finished, 
Uh, thank God, because I said in a TikTok video uh, a couple of weeks ago that I, frankly, wanted the hearings to wrap up on October 25th, which is two weeks um, to the nose when early voting starts in most of the country for midterms. That I said, you know, let them call you fucking political. We're in a political climate. This is politics. What the fuck do you think that it is to work on Capitol Hill to be an elected official? It is politics. And at the end of the day, that those that play the game the best are the ones that win, also those that cheat, right? So the January 6th committee, with their opening in prime time and then their ending, book ending in prime time was brilliant. But what I didn't realize, right, which was the point of these hearings wasn't just to show how depraved Donald Trump is, but it was to show that Donald Trump was in fact the architect of the insurrection, that this wasn't an accident, that this wasn't people being swept up in to a situation that they weren't expecting or anticipating. What the January 6th committee was able to do was lay out so very plainly with Donald Trump's own people that he knew that the crowd was armed and dangerous, that he knew how to hype them up from weeks ahead of time when he told them that January 6th was going to be wild, He hopped up this crowd. He gave, no, he gave them a date, right? A target to literally shoot for. He gave them a date, January 6th. He holds his Stop the Steal rally, hypes them up, is told by multiple sources as this crowd is growing bigger that, sir, Mr. President, they have weapons in this crowd. Donald Trump says, they're not here to hurt me, right? And what was interesting, I think that in one of the playbacks as well, is that the crowd, the, the, the text messages and videos that were played from people in the crowd are waiting on their orders from Donald Trump. He said not to hurt the Capitol Police. He didn't say anything about the members of Congress. They were listening for their cues, for their directives, for their command from the leader of the insurrection. He hopped them up. He told them, go charge the mountain. Go take your country back. He directed them to who is the person standing between him and winning the election, his own vice president, and says, go forth. Donald Trump is then, after trying, right, to either grab the neck of or grab the steering wheel of the Secret Service agent who would not take him to Capitol Hill because it was unsecure. And I wish, you know, I got to tell you that in hindsight, I really do wish that they had taken Donald Trump to Capitol Hill. 
I really do wish that we would have had his car coming up there as these people are breaking glass and entering through windows, that they're using the American flag and Trump flags as weapons, that they're building guillotines, and then here comes their leader, what? Walking through the front fucking door down to go charge his own vice president with an angry mob behind him? Can you imagine that fucking imagery? Because that's what Donald Trump wanted, right? He opened, he turned on the gas. He turned on the heat. He then lit the match, dropped it, and walked the fuck out. That's what he did. And so when you see then the pictures of Donald Trump being taken back to the White House, the insurrection at that point, as the committee is showing us, had been going on for 11 minutes. He still had his overcoat on as he is in the Oval Office. You're getting alerts that this shit is no longer a rally, that it is turning into a full-fledged riot. You have your own fucking people calling you from inside the Capitol building saying, call them off, call them off, call them off. But you see, somebody said it so very clearly, and it was Susan Del Percio on MSNBC when I was on with her late last week. And she said this, she said, we need to stop saying that Donald Trump didn't do anything, that he wasn't doing anything for those 187 minutes. Donald Trump was doing everything. He just wasn't doing it for the country. Donald Trump was waiting and giving those insurrectionists more time to get plan B done. Whether that was going to be to pull Mike Pence out by his fucking shirt collar and beat the shit out of him, beat him to death on the steps of the Capitol, I have no idea. Because I wonder, right? Like now that we see the tweet that Donald Trump said when he said that Mike Pence basically betrayed him and the country, you'd see that tweet that the committee puts up. You see Mike Pence being ushered down the back steps. Then we had also seen the video of who was at the bottom of those steps, which was a small group of insurrectionists at that time that were being held off by a couple of Capitol Police, right? Donald Trump sends this tweet literally as Mike Pence is fleeing. Your vice president, you know, because you have gotten the intel is not safe. He is not in a secure location, but you don't give a fuck. So when people at the beginning um, of these hearings said that this committee has a tough task in front of them because they have to show intent. Now, remember, this is not criminal evidentiary findings, right? This is really to set the scene and make it so that the Department of Justice, in my humble opinion, can't fucking turn away. 
Hey there! I want to tell you about another podcast I think you'll love. The Brown Girl's Guide to Politics hosted by Ashanti Goler, the president of Emerge. BGG is the one-stop shop for women of color who want to hear and talk about the world of politics. Join Ashanti this season as she talks to incredible women of color who are changing the face of politics and tackling some of the most important issues facing the United States. From reproductive justice to voting rights to climate change and more. Tune in every Tuesday wherever you get your podcasts. It's no secret that the news is horse pill hard to swallow. Thankfully, there's the Bituation Room podcast hosted by comedian and commentator Francesca Friorentini for a lighter take on the heavy stuff. Each week, the Bituation Room brings you progressive comedians, experts, and activists to break down the issues in a way that won't just leave you crying under a weighted blanket. Get the Bituation Room on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and streaming on YouTube and Twitch. They said, oh, you're not going to be able to show Donald Trump's intent. Oh, but they did. And they're also not done. This last hearing where you have two of his close aides, aide to Kaylee McEnany, and then another aide. I don't care about these people, by the way. I, I don't. Pottinger and, and, and Matthews, um, I don't care. And let, and let me tell you why. They're all complicit. There is no team normal and team crazy, right? They all supported everything that Donald Trump was doing from the beginning of his administration. There was not a time during the Trump administration that he was not unhinged, that he was not almost tweeting us into war every other day that they were literally withholding certain information from him because he's a petulant fucking child, which we were able to see in the outtakes of the video that he couldn't manage to do because the word yesterday is really difficult. Take that out. That's a tricky word. Yesterday, is it? But the reality is, is that those people who, you know, I get what the committee is doing. They want to you know, applaud those who actually agreed to the subpoena, you know, because you're supposed to. And decided to show up, decided to testify for hours, decided to share their truth. I guess, right? Like they deserve whatever the committee wants to give them, but I don't give them any fucking applause. You stood by in the Trump administration 2017, we have white supremacist march in Charlottesville. 2017, this is but a handful of months, right, into Donald Trump's presidency. A woman is murdered. You have white men with tiki torches marching down an American street talking about they will not replace us. They killed somebody that day. Donald Trump says that there are good people on both sides. You stood by that man. Right? Donald Trump is asked three separate times in the debate with Joe Biden to come out and denounce white supremacy. His response was, stand back and stand by. 
So that was 2020. You stayed with Donald Trump. You rocked with that motherfucker until what? Two weeks before the inauguration of the president-elect? And you want to get a fucking cookie for that? Oh, I drew the line. Oh, you drew the line at the insurrection. But all the lines that you were willing to walk up to and knowingly cross, you were happy to do so with Donald Trump for four years. How is it that these people have such a disassociation between what they helped Donald Trump do over four years of lying, gaslighting, cheating the American people? And then you think that it was him alone that caused the insurrection on January 6th? No, it was four years of his lies right? It was four years of the gaslight. It was four years of the divisiveness. It was four years of telling white aggrieved Americans that they are deserving of something other than every fucking thing this country has given them. That, oh, that they are aggrieved and we need to hold them. You were the ones that went on Fox news, went into social media, continued to feed the MAGA monster. So when you then look at January 6th and you have Pottinger and Matthews talking about, this is where I draw the line, you get no fucking applause from me. You're accomplices. In my book, every single person that was associated with that administration from the fucking interns to the chief of staffs to the cabinet members are all complicit and accomplices to murder. If we had an actual real justice department, then Donald Trump and every single person that we have now seen have a starring role in America, the final season would be indicted by now. They would all be waiting arraignment. They would all have had their passports and their private jets and their bank accounts, offshore, inshore, all of that shit frozen. Because if we had a real Department of Justice, they would have set up a motherfucking task force for the American oligarchs that funded the fucking insurrection from the jump and frozen those motherfuckers' things. And said, oh, pending an investigation, you'll get your assets back once we can prove that you are in fact innocent and had no part in the planning, the thinking, the articulation, the spreading of the lies that would undermine our democracy and cause the deaths of multiple police officers. But we don't do that. That's not what this Department of Justice is doing. You did have Merrick Garland last week For the first time, I, you know, we've only heard Merrick Garland's voice, I think maybe two or three times at this point. So I was a little startled that there's sound that comes out of his mouth. But he said when he was asked a a, a question that um, no one, once again, is above the law, that his Justice Department is working 24-7, and that this is something that is serious. 
an attempt to overthrow and undermine a free and fair election, which he said is the cornerstone and the foundation of our democracy, is something that we take very seriously and we need to get it right. Well, I don't know if getting it right means taking 18, 19, 24 fucking months to do it. Um, but Merrick, we, you know, running out of time here. Tick tock, tick tock. You know, we'd love to see some fucking action, right? Um, but I got to tell you that I am really, if there is nothing else, cause there is, there honestly is not, has not been a tremendous amount to be proud of, uh, with regard to our government, um, not under Donald Trump and frankly, not a lot really in my humble opinion to be proud of under the Biden administration, um, either. What I will say, though, is that I am absolutely in awe and actually inspired by the members of the January 6th committee. I think that each and every one of them that we have heard from, that have led different pieces, that have spoken on multiple cable news shows, that have written opinion pieces, these people even including Liz Cheney in this, just in this very narrow thing. This is why I wanted to work in government. It is why as a young person, I was so passionate about politics, about wanting to be of service, about wanting to be a part of the machine that helped make this country better, more accepting, more loving, more caring and equitable. And when I listen to those members who, you know, didn't just run for pomp and circumstance and to cosplay some type of like gun toting bullshit, like, you know, Josh Hawley's running ass and fucking, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert and these crackpot QAnon assholes. No, there were real people who believe in government, not just in power, who believe in government's ability to do right by the citizens of this country. And in these times, especially, to have that reminder, to have that reminder that there are people like Jamie Raskin, like Adam Kinzinger, like, you know, all of these members who are fighting for our democracy and they are fighting to show the American people how close we still are to losing everything. I will be the first to tell you that America is not perfect and it never will be. The beauty in America and why it has been that reflection of what democracy can be is because it was a country that worked on perfecting its union, not making it perfect, but perfecting it with each generation. But with the assaults that we have seen from the Republican fascist regime is that we no longer have shared values. We no longer have a shared belief in the vision that the founding fathers had for this country. Now look, 
Even when I say founding fathers, like my stomach does a clench. Those motherfuckers were slave owners, right? They wrote that constitution at a time that they didn't even see their own wives, white women as equal to them, right? So we know who they were, but I would be wrong to dismiss also the grandeur of the ideas that they had about how society could work governed by and for the people. Now you can argue clearly with them at that time, who the fuck they considered people, but you know, that's a conversation for another day. But we don't even have that shared belief, right? Um, with regard to the rule of law and what has been our guiding principle. This country with each generation was about expansion. We are at a point in the first time in our lives that we are in constriction, right? Where they are taking things back, where they are closing off paths to equity and justice. And so if not for how the January 6th committee is laying out how this country began to change and change for the worse and rapidly so, and that if we do not do something bold in this moment that has never been done before, much in the same way that the creation of a constitution for and by the people had never been done before, that a revolutionary war had not been fought before. Sometimes bold action is necessary, like indicting and prosecuting and charging and sentencing a former president of the United States that is the walking embodiment of treason. Michael Steele said last week, is it clear now to every single Republican that Donald Trump did not want to be president of the United States, does not give a damn about this country or the people that inhabit it, not even his own fucking people. He is a selfish, megalomaniac, narcissist piece of trash. That's what I took away. I was like, God damn. I had visions of this motherfucker of what he was doing in the White House, but the catch-up coming down the wall of the private dining room off of the Oval Office in the fucking White House is all you need to know about Donald Trump in class. So we will be taking a reprieve as Congress will be out of session for uh, the month of August, as per usual. And when we come back in September, I'm assuming that the mountains of evidence that we will see, hopefully they will include, you know, those, I don't know, coincidentally or accidentally deleted texts of the days in question, January 6th and January 7th just happened to go missing. And now all of those motherfuckers have lawyered up because, you know, clearly they have nothing to hide. 
But I'm certain that we will see more evidence, more bombshells as we make the rest of the way to midterm elections. To me, there is no better thing that can be used to message to the American people than every single clip that the 1-6 committee has shown in every single one of their hearings. Just the split screen of Donald Trump watching television, watching his plan unfold for 187 minutes and doing nothing as our capital, our capital was under attack. Everyone tried to get Donald Trump to call off his dogs and he refused because it was part of his plan. I have a mustard seed, friends, that is growing because I was not expecting this committee to go to the mats. My only hope is that Merrick Garland's Justice Department will follow their lead. Hey, I'm David Plotz of Slate's Political Gab Fest. As another election season accelerates, it can be tricky to sort through all the noise in the news. Each week on the Gab Fest, John Dickerson, Emily Bazelon, and I decipher the headlines, break down the races, and tell you what issues really matter. We do not always agree. We definitely do not always agree. But we always deliver thoughtful debate, and we always have a good time. So subscribe to Slate's Political Gap Fest. New episodes every Thursday. Get a behind-the-scenes look at Comedy Central's The Daily Show on Beyond the Scenes, an original podcast from The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Every week, host Roy Wood Jr. goes deeper with the notable guests and experts from the Emmy Award-winning series. Together, they use comedy to tackle current topics from gentrification to gun laws and take a closer look at how and why these topics matter. Listen to Beyond the Scenes from The Daily Show with Trevor Noah on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes every Tuesday. That is it for me today, dear friends on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Get a behind-the-scenes look at Comedy Central's The Daily Show on Beyond the Scenes, an original podcast from The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Every week, host Roy Wood Jr. goes deeper with the notable guests and experts from the Emmy Award-winning series. Together, they use comedy to tackle current topics from gentrification to gun laws and take a closer look at how and why these topics matter. Listen to Beyond the Scenes from The Daily Show with Trevor Noah on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes every Tuesday. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. 
So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.